Welcome to Tiki Central, Canada. Ever wonder what is in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, yeah. Me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. Wow, he has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and oh, God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views and drinks, life, and maybe information? All right, folks, how we doing? It's Craig. I'm back. And unfortunately, Cam is not here today. He's detained. Uh, uh, yes, we, <laughs> we have some guests today, if you haven't figured out from all the voices, yes. Uh, so today we have Chris Howe from uh, Evo uh, Greek Restaurant. Hi, everybody. There we go. We had him before on the show. Um, if you remember from the Made Love competition, we talked about that. And Landon Wah. Hey, I got it that there time. You there, that you time. there you go. Nailed it. Hey, see so you go. Nine times to charm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we do this all in one take there, folks. Yeah, don't, yeah, this... don't, don't listen to Landon. Uh, Landon's actually from the, uh, the Gonkwan bartending program, and so I'm on the advisory board. So how I know Landon is actually Landon, me and him worked for a few days in my, at Daryl Sussex, um, and then unfortunately he had to move to a different uh, part of Ottawa, so a little too far. So uh, now he works for uh, Eastside Marrows, which is also another location that I've used to work for, actually, which is funny. So we have some horror stories with that place ourselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so today, both these guys and me are going to talk about the Caesar. Now, the Caesar is, because um, it's written near Canada Day where we're doing this broadcast, um, is also the national drink for Canada, actually. Right? There we go. Sweet. And uh, before the show, by the way, Chris made us some amazing Caesars using uh, a smoker and if Chris, you want to kind of break it down for people, what what exactly that means, or what we did? Absolutely. So we took kind of a uh, traditional style Caesar, and then we used the smoking process, as mentioned. And this one, we use the hickory smoke with it. And what you do is you, uh, we I have the Breville gun. I think that's the most common one, and it takes it into like a vacuum style tube, and you cover the drink with um with with a cover as it were uh, <laughs> and then fill it I like with it. smoke it's like you know this is a scientific term it's, for it yeah. Just a cover. <laughs> yeah, um and then you you smoke the area and what it does is infuses the drinks the result ends up being very similar to a commonly like eaten smoked salmon so you get that very subtle kind of smoky almost campfirey flavor and which we a, did for yeah, sure yeah absolutely yeah. And then in a drink more so, you're going to get the aroma as well, too. That's going to hit the nose first, then you're going to subtly taste it, and then the rest is uh, delicious goodness. Nice. So we're going to talk about the Caesar today and how it started off. So how it started off is it started off in Calgary in 1969, and they were opening up a new restaurant as Marco's Italian. Polo. 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 I was waiting for it. There we go. Uh, Walter Shaw was his name. And actually, he was forced to create a drink for the new opening. And so one of his favorite dishes, Italian dishes, was a Spanish dish that had clams and tomatoes in it. And so he figured, why not better to complement it than actually make a drink with clams and tomatoes in it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So, Chris, if you will mind explain to our listeners the difference between a Caesar and a Bloody Mary. Absolutely. So, as you point to, which ties in with the spaghetti kind of differentiation, uh, the original original Bloody Mary starts with the tomato sauce and then adds in the other ones, whereas the Bloody Caesar is going to have the uh, Clamato juice. The Clamato juice includes this rendition of the clam uh, sauce in there. Uh, as well as some uh, spices, a little bit of citrus, and some sugar. Or the tomato juice is just going to have the tomato juice, uh, sugar, and sometimes some citrus notes as well. Um, other elements that differ between the two are typically, or traditionally uh, lemon versus lime. Lemon tends to be with the Bloody Mary, or the Caesar, Bloody Caesar, tends to have the lime. Yeah, um, that's There we go. That's the difference. I didn't know that. There definitely. you go. Um, another... Uh, to, Difference uh, tends to be the uh, celery salt versus salt in the original. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go, some yes. kosher salt versus uh, some ground celery seeds with uh, some salt, and then some will put in some spicy notes in there too. My favorite is the ancho chilies. But, ah, you know. there you go, a little spicy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, And what this ends up doing is giving different flavoring uh, connections. So I recently got a trip to San Francisco the other uh, week, rather. And there I got to try to do this mezcal and salt uh, tasting. Nice. So what we did is we had three different style salts, three different style mezcals, and then you pair them together. So one had like cocoa nibs, one had uh, the ancho chilies in it, and one had ground ant as well mixed in there with it. Uh, Point being out of this, they will give a significant like palate flavoring so one you're supposed to taste it so as you would do in the caesar for instance you're going to taste the caesar whether through the straw or in a clear part of the glass uh, by itself then try it for instance with the celery salt to see what that flavoring does with it and then try it with the uh the kosher salt on the other side and then see what that does for it as well too and nice. if you start getting uh, more advanced, you can also r- start creating your own rumor as well, too. And yeah, your own spinoff on, the, sh- on exactly. the thing. And you, I think you just brought up one point. Um, in this business, if you want to expand your horizons, I think traveling is definitely one of the things I would recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the, lot, the bulk of stuff that I've learned over the years is literally just going to the States, going to the Caribbeans, mm-hmm. and seeing different cultures and seeing how things are differently made and, and even the distillation process and stuff. For different uh, spirits and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about this drink. This is a different kind of drink um, than, say, like a Long Island iced tea where, like, there's only two or three recipes and really everywhere you go is pretty well stapled the way it's made. This is one of those drinks where everywhere you go, it's a signature drink that actually is created differently everywhere you go. So either it's in the garnish or how it's cre- uh, the, the spirit maybe um, or even, like, the way it's presented, whatever. Mm-hmm. Seems like everywhere you go, it's completely different. So, what have you guys seen um, or even experienced in in that field of like the Caesar being sort of its own little signature for wherever you go, Landon? Yeah, so a hundred percent. Like you were saying, it's a versatile drink, and everybody wants to put their own little spin off or their own little tweak to it. You know, if it's the garnish, the rim, extra ingredients, um, you know, barbecue sauce, pineapple juice, um, you know, pickle juice, jalapeno juice, like. It's- different garnishes different ways presented different cups you're putting it in like you know everybody you know presents it differently and it's a it's a popular drink and nine times out of ten you can try almost anything with it with it it'll taste uh it'll taste pretty good mm-hmm. 
And for your Chris Faye, what do you think, man? I mean, the look of it is is huge for me. Like seeing the variants on the on the garnish and the flavor profiles with that is is what I'm always excited for. It's like, what am I eating for for my appetizer yes. today? Am I getting <laughs> yeah, the maple exactly. bacon? Yeah. Am I getting some <laughs> shrimp on it? What's what are what are we gonna get here? And it's funny because this is one of those drinks where like really you know it's. It, and I'm not saying it is a hangover drink, but it's one of those drinks for sure on a Sunday morning going, God, just give me a Caesar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's almost okay. Give me whatever you got. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go work no. my way through it, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask some questions on landing because like I said, like landing is from the bartending program at the college. Mm-hmm. And so I think we want to find some more information about what he thinks. And so one of the questions I want to ask you is what did you get – out when you're coming out of the program what did you see the, the most things you got out of the program like yeah so um you know it was a great program and you know the connections you make uh, through your teachers to get into the industry and uh, the advice they can give you is really good and coming out you feel like um you feel taking all the different uh courses from the program you know enology mixology bar cause control you feel like you have uh, you're intelligent in a little bit of every area of the uh, of, the, well in, of the industry, yeah. and it also shows like which uh, particular direction you you want to go in this industry. So, you know, it was a very good overall course, and you come out feeling uh, feeling confident that you can walk in anywhere and you have something to say about any particular area in the industry. So, what was the most thing that you got out of the whole program? Like, what would you did you like the most about the program? everything uh i would say the connections with the teachers coming out of it they really want to help you uh help you succeed and they care about which area you want to go into and if that's the area you choose then they will uh they'll help guide you into that way and you know do what they can so i would say making the connections with the teachers and really being encouraged in which area you like the most they they really push for that yeah i I think the most the professors there especially antonio's he's got a lot of connections a lot of connections and so uh, it helps out when you got you're talking to him and saying this is where i want to go and he actually will get you in that direction and they and they care too they want you to uh they want you to succeed so yeah exactly because then it shows that the programs are succeeding right exactly Exactly. for sure so coming out of the program what are the things that you say uh helped you bartend like um, the teachers going off script from what the college says and showing you or explaining to you uh, real life stories about the industry, like you know what to expect, what to look for, what to do, what not to do. Um, they really sort of give you an eye opener before you leave, and uh, they say there's a lot of good things you can take from the script, but they go off script a lot, and uh, they yes. really they really give you an eye opener before you uh, before you get into it. Yeah, one of the actually the things uh, eye openers is one of the ones I was involved in was actually was sort of this like. Uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, what do you call it, speed dating, but it was actually speed interviewing <laughs> yeah. instead. Yeah, so, so it was, was like kind of like, ding, 15. okay, and then you go off to the next guy, yeah. he gets to interview for a few minutes, and then you kind of move on to the next guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like grinder for part time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Here's my number, call me later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll hook up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, I think you actually, you said yourself, you had some questions for Landon as well coming out of the program. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm curious. So coming from the Algonquin thing, which I've heard great things about, uh, what are kind of some of your, your favorite courses or elements that you learned in it? And, of course, we're going to ask, what are some of your least favorite uh, elements? Tell so, us if you're listening, yes, this yeah. will happen. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's start out with the worst. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> All right. My, Get down gritty here. Here we go, yeah. Least favorite was uh, definitely communications. Not because of the uh, the way it was set up was it wasn't relevant to the course, but it definitely could have been a lot more relevant to bartending. Um, so that's prob- that, 
that's the only uh, knock I really have on the was course. Was it like a broader communication style course? Like this was It was more uh, more about like IPA formatting and referencing and mm, more okay. more towards of yeah. uh more, so the drier side of things. The drier like, side still of necessary things. but even me and Chris like yeah. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think everybody thinks yeah. snooze. Um but so what was your favorite course? My favorite you? course was definitely uh, mixology and bar cost and control. I enjoy the uh, ma- the management and business side of it, and obviously making the drinks is uh, why I got into it, so <laughs> I love that part, but the course is so versatile. You had enology in there. You had customer uh, relations. You had you know experimental awesome. class, we called it, um, and it sort of shows you the different areas you can go in the industry and because it is a wide range, right? Yeah, and we exactly. talked about this before. So there's like the wine connoisseurs all the way through to the bartenders, to the catering, yeah. to hotel management, to bar management, to, um, you know, this is, it's just a very wide spectrum. Yeah, 100%. Actually in this industry. People yeah. don't realize it is. There's so many different, different ways you can go. I'm going to volunteer myself if uh, you need anyone to taste test any of the experimental stuff. Uh, <laughs> Chris is signing up there for yeah, that. I'm in. Chris, or I can help with it as well. No, Chris, remember, <laughs> these are experimental, so some of them might oh, right. not be that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will be the second person to taste test all these. That's right. If they drop over <laughs> dead, then don't try it. Exactly. So one of the things also you just mentioned, too, and it came out of the course was... Uh, um, budgeting and and uh, cost control, and I'm sure Chris can vouch for this. When you create a program, a cocktail program for a place, and uh, you're looking at you know making these amazing drinks and creativity yep. and different tastes, you also have to think like, okay, this could cost a fortune. Well, of course, and you have we're to only look- charging seven dollars and ninety five cents, so uh, it's not yeah. efficient. So that's something that was an eye opener for me when I started making my own cocktail programs. Is that I have to make sure that it's still affordable and we're actually making money on it. Oh, exactly. Uh, I think Chris, you talked about one there. You said was scotch. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I was recently experimenting uh, the other week with uh, with bringing in a scotch cocktail for our upcoming uh, our cocktail menu. And the first one I tried, I didn't look up the price of this PD. Uh, found out very expensive scotch until <laughs> <Sure>. after <laughs> trying several Man, and it was very tasty <laughs> oh it was probably the best cocktail i've ever made um yeah. but cost wise it would have been very expensive and inaccessible yeah um so i've definitely changed it to a less expensive pd pd scotch <laughs> since exactly. then uh, the other thing is like practicality when creating these cocktails as well too so yes. for instance with the made with love event like that cocktail I had a lot of attachment to and loved, yes. but it would not be practical for a busy Friday night. It was a very <laughs> intense exactly. and very sophisticated drink that yeah, takes sure. a lot of parts and was a fizz, so adds in extra minutes as well, extra time as well. Yeah, exactly. And to throw in actually into that, which is funny because uh, the last cocktail program I made was, was for a hotel, and so I was able to get pretty elaborate with how many ingredients I could do, how many spirits I could do, but now that I'm working in a pub... The whole thing is like, no, Craig, you get two spirits mm-hmm. and it has to be a couple mixes and it needs to be made within 20 to 30 seconds. <laughs> so a lot of the menu that I wanted to put in there kind of got thrown out the window because, okay, it has more than two spirits and it has more than a couple mixes and it's just too mm-hmm. elaborate. Mm-hmm. So you do have to kind of know your limitations when you're doing this exactly. stuff for sure. Yeah. yeah. So question. Know your audience. <laughs> know your audience. Know your audience. Know your audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As much as we really want you to try this cocktail, yeah, we can't get it on the menu. Yes, <laughs> I know. So, talking about mixology, and you said that's one of the classes that you enjoyed, Landon. Yep. What is your definition of a mixologist? Like, what is your interpretation of that position? So, for me, I the way I look at it is a mixologist. He's more on the uh, technical side, actually uh, making and uh, preparing the uh, the cocktails, putting a, you know, doing that 
other than, you know, a bartender who, you know, still pours beer and makes drinks, everything, but also has the uh, face-to-face relationship with the uh, the customers and, yeah. you know, is sort of the, uh, the, the face of the bar and, you know, keeping everybody uh, excited and having fun and a good time. As for the mixologist, they're sort of in the... Uh, in the shadow making uh making drinks on the more uh, technical side and you know creating flavor profiles and such exactly and i think one of the things that um i'm sure you've learned along the way and chris can definitely vouch for this is that really it's not 50 percent, but it's pretty high that guest relations is also part of our job yeah i mean right. you can make an amazing cocktail we mean you land into a guy that he's probably going to be a great mixologist but he will not be a great bartender in some perspective because he hasn't got that personality that mm-hmm. just comes out and mm-hmm. invites you in yeah 100%. Uh, and I, i'm pretty like when i went to chris's uh restaurant it, the great thing was that right off the bat chris came over to talk to us and asked us how our day was and how mm-hmm. we're doing and stuff like this and that's that, that's what we want when you go to a place like this is you're escaping from your day-to-day grinding job and your life and you want to be entertained and you want to be relaxing and enjoying yourself. And if you got a bartender that's not speaking a word and looks like he doesn't want to really be there, it definitely ruins the whole moment. I'm sure, Chris, you can vouch for that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it ties in with the whole five senses in a drink. So you're going to get the sight of the drink, uh, the taste of the drink, which might be great from said mixologist or many others as well too. Um, and then there's also going to be things like sound as well too. What what the uh, server or bartender is saying to you, as well as what the kind of atmosphere surrounding with it as well, and then smell from the from the garnish, etc. Like it's it's a very kind of visceral, visceral all encompassing feeling that just more than merely palate taste. Like your experience is going to be affected by your surroundings and your other senses. Exactly. Well. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So uh, what advice, Chris, did you have for Landon, who's coming out of the bartending program, getting into the field as a bartender in already in the field for mm-hmm. him for the future, I'd say? Well, as your anecdote just says about uh, kind of the bartender versus the pure mixologist type thing, both are important, in my opinion. However, the most important and prominent needs to be be a bartender first. You got you to gotta be that person that's providing a great guest experience. You're providing a service for other people. So you got to find the speed. You have to be social. You're, you're helping build the atmosphere. Um, and you you're, want to help heighten the, the experience again, or the, sorry, the getaway is what I'm trying to get at. And that's yeah. for myself, for instance, and we've talked about this before, oh, yeah. going to a restaurant, ex- like doesn't matter which kind, like this is kind of a getaway from your stressful day-to-day stuff and just having an opportunity to enjoy an amazing drink, enjoy some good food maybe, and just have a good experience with friends. And have fun. And yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's what the whole Tiki experience is. I mean, oh, that's what 100%. we talk about all the time. The Tiki experience is your getaway from real life. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so. The other couple things I would definitely add in there for the mixology side of things, stay read and informed. Like, keep up to date with, uh, with books, especially starting with, like, classics or things like that and just... Just inform yourself. Knowledge is going to help with all the things. Uh, stay viewing, like whether it's Instagram sites, whether it's blogs online, whether it's podcasts like TikiCentralCanada.ca. <laughs> Way to plug it. <laughs> I think Cam's lost his job in the process here. <laughs> um, point being, like this is your opportunity to see not only like what what kind of flavor profiles are being paired, but like how like certain techniques that are being introduced and styles and kind of make it your own as well. And then toy with things at home. And the last thing, and another ever important one is have fun. This is, yeah. yes, it can be a job or career, but it's also a fun job or career. Like you get to go out yeah. there, meet new people, talk with new people, 
smile, enjoy yourself. And again, create an experience for both sides. Like this is, this is an opportunity for you and, and the guests as well. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. And there's nothing worse when we've all walked into that bar, right? Where the bartender rolls his eyes and he gives you a look like, Oh my God, is a customer here. Great. I have to deal mm-hmm. with now. <laughs> and then you just don't feel welcome. It's like, okay, well I'm going to have that one beer and I'm out of here. Cause this is not fun at all. Yeah. Right. And this is what we're all about. So, and also too, we talk about uh, reading. I think that most people don't understand how much research and reading actually is involved in our mm-hmm. profession. Um, I have probably easily a good 20 to 30 books and nice. I'm constantly reading all the time. I'm looking online for more information all the time mm-hmm. and, and watching videos all the time, uh, blogs, video, like I said, videos. Um, and it keeps me up to date, keeps me informed. And in this industry you do because the industry does change from day to day. It's always moving forward. It's never standing still. Exactly. Um, and so you have to keep up with it. You know what I mean? So if you're not reading books and and watching videos and reading blogs and things yeah. like this, then you will fall behind. Yeah. Speak yeah. with colleagues. Ask questions. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you know? I did not. <laughs> oh, man. Cam, sorry, Thanks, Cam. Cam. Yeah. Sorry, Cam. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so May, uh, Mary first, the first Mary uh, Royal. It's the daughter, actually, of Henry VIII. Also, too, was the uh, fourth crowned monarchy to the throne in the, the, the Tudor uh, family. But what I'm going to get to is uh, the reason why the drink is called the Bloody Mary is because Mary also, too, uh, had almost 300 people who were religious people burned at the stake. And oh, so nice. in that situation, they started calling her Bloody Mary. Ooh. Yes. Something to do with the Roman Catholic Church, and if you didn't believe in it, then guess what? You were burned at the stake. Yeah. Lovely, eh? Yeah. Let's keep her in power. Mm. Sounds like somebody else we know in power right now. Oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say the name. I didn't say the name. He will burn you on Twitter for sure. It's a, oh, pff, yeah, if he can spell. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Do you actually know the actually Twitter went out and it changed it from 128 characters to 250 characters just because of him. Oh, <laughs> I kid you not. They changed their format just because of him because it's like, man, too many people are watching him Twitter that we have to change the format. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. oh, my God. So we're going to go through these, uh, just a basic Caesar recipe. Yep. So like I said, and the great thing about this recipe is this is just a basic one. So mm-hmm. from that, you can do your own spinoff, and we do recommend that. Mm-hmm. So the recipe actually has a rule. It's very easy. It's one, two, three, four, five. Ooh, so good at counting. Damn, I need to change the combination of my luggage now. <laughs> As a space ball hit for all uh, the people out there. Nice. Nice. All right, so we're going to go through it. Chris is going to go through the recipe here. This is, again, this is the basic. Do your own spinoff, whatever way you want, for sure. DIY. There we go. Uh, here we go. So one. Yes. We're going to start with the vodka, of course, very important. Uh, do one to one and a half ounces of of your choice of vodka or make it stiffer if it's been a long day uh mine's been a long day so yeah. That, yeah let's triple it up uh, <laughs> two you're gonna add two dashes of a uh, hot spice uh the most common one used is tabasco my personal favorite is cholula but i mean find your own favorite hot sauce uh use a couple dashes use more if you want but i would start light and then work your way up what did we use in the one we did downstairs? Was that Frank's we did? We uh, used a Frank's hot sauce, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that can yeah. have a nice smokiness, too. There you go. Uh, three. Yes. Dashes of pepper. And you can add a little salt in there, too, to really make the flavors pop as well. But uh, three kind of grinds on the old pepper grinder to give it some kick. There you go. Four. 
Ah, ah, I have to ah. say, it sounds like Sesame Street. <laughs> this is not for kids, though. <laughs> no, I wouldn't recommend them making this. Um, Dashes of Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I know, it's one of those words like Worcestershire. Yeah. Uh, and five ounces of Clamato juice. Use somewhere between four to six is typically the call for, but as we discussed throughout this episode, uh, you can toy with elements and find what your flavoring is, but this is the... The kind of baseline for it. I also like to add in a little bit of uh, lime juice. I usually do about go. a half ounce of lime juice, and that's kind of refreshing during the summer. You're outside, oh, a little yeah. lime juice kind of brings it up a little bit. It's key, exactly. I don't yeah. want that scurvy. No nope. scurvy. Because <laughs> we talked about that way back. All right, so Landon, how about you give off your spinoff and what you uh, do on your Caesar? Yeah, so um, my spinoff on the Caesar was actually inspired by uh, one of my teachers, but I took his ingredients and sort of put another spinoff on my own like everybody else does. That's how um, it works in this business, man. So Learn it I, quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I create, uh, use the same ingredients listed there, but I add a uh, one ounce of a uh, bold barbecue sauce or a hickory barbecue sauce. Nice. Oh, that's interesting, yes. One ounce of uh, pineapple juice. Unless you're outside, it's a hot day in the patio, then I usually use uh, two ounces. Really makes mm-hmm. it more refreshing. Nice. Um, Gives it a tiki feel. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a Montreal steak spice for the rim. No, oh, you know, okay, yeah. I find it it goes good with the barbecue sauce and uh, to garnish it, like you know, shrimp, bacon, sausage, <laughs> all the you things. Know, all the hamburger, whole pizza. Sarah. What do you have in the freezer? <laughs> yeah. I want it in there. It's a buffet for Grace, man. Nice. <laughs> and another, and if uh, if you're not a fan of vodka, you know, you could always uh, use a whiskey with the barbecue sauce. It really uh, nice. works together. So what are the spirits that you use, Chris, at a, at a Caesar? You've told me this before. I can't remember. Yeah, some other fun ones that I've uh, tried and tasted as well, too, is uh, maple syrup in it. It's mm-hmm. a fun, fun kind of Canadian spinoff of it as well, too, that gives a little more sweetness. So Canadian, eh? Oh, no do to boot it. <laughs> uh, some other options are twisting up the or switching up the rim a bit as well, too, using an ancho chili, some ground salt, a little bit of ground sugar, and some ground celery salt as well is a fun way. Uh, and if you're pe- my age, you might want to take some pepto bismol with that as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, other options include using some uh, some pickle juice. Uh, I've seen model cucumbers in there, a fun one. Really, the world is your oyster in, in regards sure. of... Uh, didn't you do one too you talked about was like vodka and rum, I think it was, right? Oh, I've tried spinoffs of different spirits. I haven't yes. mashed up the two, but I mean, the traditional is, of course, a vodka. But uh, after that, tend to be like a gin or tequila. But I've, I have oh. also tried a rum, rum uh, Caesar, which was a lot go. of fun as well too. That was gotta throw rum in there very somewhere. Tasty, there absolutely. you go, yeah, for sure. Nice. Now another sh- uh, drink that's sort of a spin-off. It's not quite. And if you remember the movie Cocktail, nice. and yes, every bartender of gets course. excited about that. It's like someone. You know what someone told me? Cocktail to us is like a, for a bouncer watching Roadhouse. <laughs> it's like we get all excited like okay come uh, on make the cocktail yeah. nice <laughs> so a red eye is kind of almost like a caesar what it is is one ounce of vodka six ounces of tomato juice a can of beer one raw egg and two aspirins so you basically can tell this is like uh the morning after kind of uh, yeah 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 but if you remember in the movie, it's hilarious. If you're, Mr. Fennigan, you ever made a red eye? And he drops the egg into the drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Raw egg. I don't uh, know about that one, but okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's different working with whites than it is a whole egg. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. 
Well, so, especially without even shaking it. Like that's, I mean, flips are another common one where you yeah. use the whole egg, but to not even not shake even it and shake just it. dump it in there. It's, it's almost like, remember yeah. back in the 80s, yeah. like you used to show the protein commercial, the protein shakes in the morning. You know, just crack an egg yeah, and throw exactly. that in there and away you go. This is, this is a yes, calcium. Caesar inspired by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> or something, yeah. Yeah, man. Come with me if you yeah. want to live. Yes. That'll be Bach. <laughs> that'll be Bach. My mood, that is. Not after, after that, that. that'd be more like what's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So that is our show, folks. And I hope you got some information about Caesars and, of course, about the Gonquin Partending Program. So if uh, what I'm going to do is also on the description, we're going to put all of our recipes from Landon and Chris and myself on there for the Caesars that we have, we created. Um, also, too, I will put a link on there for the Agonquin bartending program, so if you're interested in doing it, and uh, yes. it's how many weeks is it, Landon? I can't remember. It's a 15-week uh, course. 15-week course, so you know you don't have to, uh, you know, and also, too, if I remember correctly, if you work a full-time job, there is a kind of weekend options, I think, on one of the occasions. You can Amazing. do it that way. Yeah. So if you're working a full-time job and you want to land in bar- bartending, but you haven't got the time to go to school full-time, you can do it actually through the weekends as well so it's a really cool program definitely get a shot and try um so a little bit about what the show is about we are tiki central canada.ca and that is all one word cam would be here to say that unfortunately he's not and uh, we miss you cam hey Woo-hoo. here you go well actually you know chris is more like hey i've got your seat now buddy get i still miss it i still miss it <laughs> he's just making he's sucking up from both sides that's it yeah yeah <laughs> So on there, you'll see pictures of me and Cam and our bio. And also, too, you'll see uh, links to uh, iTunes and Google Play. So all you have to do is click on that. What that does is subscribe you to our show. So anytime we have a new episode, it will show up on your uh, emails or on your phone saying we've got a new episode. Check us out. On there is also a spot for comments and questions. So if you have a question, I will. if I don't have the answer, you know me, I will research it out. And uh, also quick links to stream any of our podcasts that we already have. And uh, just don't be afraid to ask a question or make any comments. Uh, anything our way is great. So I think we're going to go downstairs and have ourselves some more Caesars. Uh, Chris point. has got the smoker going, so uh, <laughs> I think we're up for that. <laughs> there will be a stick figure picture of me on the, online very soon, I heard as oh, well. Oh, wait. So yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll take Chris's picture and then stick it over Cam. So there we go. Yeah. Or it'll be a mashup. <laughs> yeah. Two. That's right. yeah. His head, you know, no, sorry, your head and his body. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to look. Oh, sure. I've created good. a monster now. Yep. Holy cow. <laughs> Frank and Cam and Chris. Frank and Cam and Chris. There we go. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go off, folks, and get some drinks. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy yourselves. Bye-bye. Until next time. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I got it for Hey, guys. Right? Hey, where's my drink? Hey, where's my drink?